Alright, this will be the last one, man. This is the last fantasy lacrosse one for the year. We're going to probably go over the um, the championship game, and then that'll be that for lacrosse until pretty much, I guess, the college draft. Uh, college and maybe in, uh, the next entry draft as well. But I'm who knows if there's going to be like really like entry drafts anymore either, you know, because now there's no more like new season type of things. Unless they add another team, but I think they're going to stick with this. I don't think they're going to add another one. Um, Paul Rabel retired, uh, just uh, out of the blue, kind of. Uh, he's done after 14 years. Obviously, a phenomenal career. Uh, but that's not what this one's about. We're going into the top attackmen of 2021. Starting at 15, Connor Fields. New team, looked good. I liked them. I felt like he started off slow, but then kind of figured out his way on that uh, Archers team. Jake Haraway had a good uh, freshman year. He did really well. Good rookie year. I liked him. Uh, I like the Atlas. I think they're on some onto something. Um, I really questioned them getting rid of all their veterans, more or less. But you know, it worked out. They look good, and I think that they'll be good for a good time to come. Ryan Drenner. Uh, yeah, Ryan Drenner on a new team. Uh, ended up doing really well. You know, fucking, he really killed it. Had a, a shit ton of goals. So. I really liked that. I felt like I kind of slept on him a little bit throughout the season, but he ended up fucking statistic-wise like having a great season. Uh, too bad for that team, though, losing uh, pretty early in the uh, in the playoffs, but it is what it is, you know. And then Jackson Morrill. So he was a guy who kind of came out of nowhere on that Chaos team, not the guy who I thought was going to do – I mean, a uh, Chrome team, not the guy who I thought was going to be the guy. You know, I thought a lot of – I thought a lot of other dudes were going to be the guy, but Wolf out for the season, gutted in getting traded uh, and not really having that great season while he was even there. You know, Morrill really fucking picked it up, man. So as a new guy being in the league for the first time, you know, that was a fucking great, great showcase from uh, Jackson. So props on him, man. At 11, we have Ryan Brown. Brown, I, you know, I could have sworn, you know, was going to be higher on this list, but there's just so many good fucking attackmen in this league, man. Um, Brown with a shit ton of goals and I think one assist on the season. So crazy to see him and his goal scoring ability on that team. But the Water Dogs should be happy to have him. 10, we have Eric Law. Eric Law, I just feel like, is always in the right place at the right time. I feel like I've said this 100,000 times. But really, just Eric Law is just a phenomenal guy when it comes down to just being where you need to be and then being able to uh, capitalize on those moments, you know. So he's a he's a great person to have on your team in terms of, you know, needing some type of leadership and, like, a guy who can, like, play those type of uh, important moments and be that guy who you can kind of lean on when you need somebody. Marcus Holman up next. Holman, I mean, again, you know, another Archer guy. Who would have thought? It goes... Holman, McArdle, and Manny. So you know, a couple of a uh, couple Archer guys in there. McArdle with a really, I honestly like a fucking, a bit of a sneaky season to me. But all three of those guys, you know, fucking did well on their respective teams. I thought Manny was gonna fucking lead the league in goals for a little bit there, man. He was really doing some fucking work, man. But good work by all those Holman and the McArdle and the Manny. Uh, number six, we got Zeddy Ballgame. What can you say, man? I mean, he went from first to sixth, so did drop down in the rankings, but still like a phenomenal season. I mean, you're still just looking at him like, what the fuck? And he's bringing his team along with um, a couple other guys into the uh, into the championship. 
Josh Byrne at five. Josh had a hell of a fucking season. Um, really put in some work for that chaos team. Was just an absolute tank when it came down to goal scoring and was a playmaker when he needed to be. I like Josh Byrne. I think that he'll have a ton of success on that chaos team. Whatever team has him is extremely lucky. At four, Rob Pinnell. Rob Pinnell did some fucking work as well this season, being on a brand new team. I like that as well. So He looked good. Um, expected him to be paired up not with uh, Miles Jones to be the playmakers from top to bottom, but he did his job and he did well. Too bad they got knocked out in the first round of the playoffs by another fucking whipsnick loss. At three, we got Grant Ment, just an absolutely phenomenal fucking uh, playmaker. You know, the offense runs through him. He's just the guy, I mean, drafted two years ago. He was, uh, after the inaugural season, he's just been, he's been it. He has been it. At two, we got Lyle Thompson. He's been the man. First year in the league. Uh, obviously had that multi-year contract over in the MLL. Uh, basically, the PLL bought out the MLL just to get fucking Lyle Thompson. That's that's my little theory about it. But Lyle came over and, and continued to dominate. You know, He did not leave anybody being like, damn, that's not the same. Or, oh, this league's too hard. Nope. Lyle came over and said, "Nah, man, like this is this is it." Like, and especially came left on a uh, an interesting note where he had a dub game, like just nothing, and then came back the next game and just absolutely fucking fired him. And then we got Jeff Teat at number one. I know that might be a bit of a sleeper on some guys, but I think Jeff Teat, you know, just statistics, just statistic wise, is the man. You know, he had just as many points as anybody else with two less games played. Lyle. Um, Lau had about the same amount of points with two more games played. So that just shows to how good Jeff T was, man. Missed the first two weeks and then just ended on a fucking tear. So that's why I love that fucking team, man. With Caraway, uh, Law, Cockerton, T. Uh, I want to say Bucaro's still on that team. Yeah, uh, Bucaro, uh, Costabile, CVR, fucking Trevor Baptiste, man. I mean, that fucking, the ability to win face-offs and go down and have an elite offense is unreal. Uh, a little bit of goaltending dismay this year, uh, bet- floating in between those two goaltenders. But their consistency was in Jeff T. Uh, someone who I know most people might be like, hey, what the fuck is Matt Rambo? Matt Rambo's not on this list because it's not who is the best player in the league. It is a who was the best fantasy player. And while... If clutchness were categorized and quantified in points, then yeah, he'd probably, he'd probably be number one just out of that. Moving on to the midfielders. At 15, we got Mikey Schlosser. A bit of a hit or miss guy all season, but you know he would come through with a hat trick and the next game not get any goal. So a little hard to predict there, but uh, yeah, he, he had a good uh, good season with the Water Dogs. At 14, we got Ryan Ambler. Again, you know, another guy. Who would have thought another archer guy on this fucking list, man? But, um, yeah, he had a good season. You know, nothing too crazy, though. But I thought that he played well overall. Uh, there's a lot of ball to go around there. So, Ryan Ambler definitely uh, definitely came through with what he could. At 13, we got Channy, Mike Chaninchuk. Uh Expected a little bit more out of him this season. But still, you know, they're going to a fucking championship. So, at that point, it is what it is. Chani did come through with a couple of uh, two-pointers because he's that two-point king. I expected a few more, but, you know, doesn't always roll that way. Uh, they're getting a bunch of dubs, though, so that's all that matters to them, at least, not fantasy-wise. At 12, we got uh, 
Jordan Jordan McIntosh. There's a couple McIntoshes in the league, but this is the one that's on the Chrome. He had, I felt like, ended the season on a really good note. Uh, just kind of came through and just like just started fucking scoring a whole bunch of points. So it was really that latter half of the season that he really decided to come through, and uh, that's what put him on this list. At 11, we got Dane Smith. Dane Smith, I've liked from the beginning. I like the Smiths, him and Brad. We'll get to Brad in a moment. But Dane Smith, um, again, you know, paired up with that Burns. You know, he's at, up top and is able to not only be a playmaker but a goal scorer. So he uh, he is an overall very well-rounded player. I believe he's uh, the Canadian line out there. So I like Dane Smith and... Uh, I would love to have him on a fucking Redwoods, man. Him and Josh Brown. I really, I just really do like those guys. If I'm going to buy a jersey, it's going to be one of those guys if it's, if it's not a Redwoods guy. At 10, we got Connor Kelly. Um, I believe Connor Kelly was a uh, is on a new team. Uh, I believe he went to the Archers. This, I know he went to – I know he's on the Archers. I believe he was traded at the end of the last season. I always got Connor Kelly and uh, Connor Fields mixed up. I don't know. So many fucking names to this shit. But Kelly, again, you know, who would have thought another Archers guy. Uh, great season, though. You know, again, it's when it comes down to that fucking ball uh, ball place or ball time of possession, I guess, for each person. It's tough. But, you know, you get it done when you can. And that, that team is not short of goal scorers, let me tell you. At number nine, we got Jules Henningberg going from attack to midfield this season. He did really well, responded very well. Had a couple of dub games, but ended up ending on a very good note. Uh, and expect that to continue. Uh, he was always getting the the tough matchups on with the short sticks. So, but, you know, when you're playing with a couple of giants, that, that'll happen. At eight, we got Brad Smith. Uh, again, a whip snakes guy. He'd had a, like a a sneaky season to me, man. Like every game, he was not like having eight, ten points, but he was like just kind of sneaking by with like three points a game. And you're like, fuck, man. Like he's like just scoring a goal and getting a couple assists, or he's getting a couple like goals and then just like tacking on an assist, like. The whole the whole season, I just really felt like he was adding on points, like just game after game with great consistency. At seven, we got Pergovic. Although he started a little slow, he had one gigantic monster game with just a ton of two-pointers. This season, he had no disappointment in the amount of two-pointers. Uh, they came in bunches, though. So if you played him when he was in, then he was a fucking tank. If you didn't, then he was a bit of a miss. But Perk overall had a very solid uh, end to the season. Stephen Rafis, the rookie for the Cannons, he had a fucking great season as well. I expected him to do. Uh, I didn't. I you know. I didn't really know too much about him, but I expected that team to score a lot of goals, uh, and then they ended up doing such. Uh, and then we'll get to a couple of his line mates in a second. At five, we have uh, Schneider. Uh, God, Schneider. We have uh, Schreiber, Tom Schreiber. So. You know, shout out to TSI for him coming through. Uh, great photos of him in the uh, the Schwarz Institute. But Tom Schreiber is a uh, a generational type of player. You know, to me, talent wise, he's top three, top five in the entire uh, PLL. But gotta love Tom Schreiber. You know, while his production production was a little bit down this season, you know, obviously finishing top five in fantasy, it wasn't down too much. You know, if you drafted him first overall, you shouldn't be all too disappointed. At four, we have Paul Rabel. I knew he was going to get better this season. Like, you couldn't have slept on him any more than fucking anyone else. Like, I don't, I, I don't know how else to point it out to you uh, in fucking bright lights 
that Paul Rabel was going to have a good season this year after having a couple disappointments, getting on a brand new team that originally drafted him. I mean, there was no better comeback story than for fucking Paul Rabel, man. That was like the person to, that was the guy. Like I, it was, it was so obvious that he was going to fucking go out, especially this being his last season. He might've known that, but he went out on top, man. He had a fucking great season. Zach Currier at three, you know, overall just a fucking tank between ground balls, calls turnovers, goals, and assists, man. This guy was the fucking dude, a great two-way, a great guy on face-offs to, uh, to be a wing. You know, he overall as a fucking guy, the water dogs are very fucking lucky uh, and should be very fucking happy to have Zach Currier on their team. At two, we got Brian Costabile. At the at the end of the season, it was looking like CJ Costabile was a bit of a better fucking midfielder with the uh, with the long pole. But Brian Costabile's there. I knew he was gonna have a good season, not as good as it ended up being. He started off a little slow, but ended up coming through. I really liked the way that he played this season. I knew he was gonna have to take that number one role with Paul Rabel leaving. He ended up doing it and did a fucking fantastic job at it. And at number one, we have Miles Jones, a guy who I honestly slept on. I didn't really have too much faith in him. He did kind of choke in that playoff, but that doesn't matter here. This is all regular season. It is disappointing to see him go out the way that he did, but uh, that doesn't dismiss the fact that the rest of his season was absolutely ecstatic. You know, he was a great playmaker. He's usually that big body run through guys type of thing. But uh, Miles Jones ended up just doing, like, a great fucking job at – being like that top play like the playmaker from top down so great addition for uh for the redwoods in a, in a in the second season so good to see good to see uh jones do what he does moving on to top face offs of 2021 we got uh at eight reisman i mean there's not too much to say there traded uh pretty early in the season and then ended up you know just making it um uh, had some good playoff performances, though. I got to give that to him. At seven, we got um, God, I, I'm about to fucking blank. Stephen Kelly. There we go. I was so many fucking Kellys in this league, man. But Stephen Kelly came at seven. He started off a little bit higher, but then you know, just percentages wise and amount of uh, ground balls, just got to put him at seven. Although honestly, not as bad of a season as it looks. At six, we have Adler, someone who I thought was gonna be a lot better, a former MLL. Face-off guy of the year. Ended up just not doing as well as I thought he was. Um, and, yeah, he just ended up at six. At five, we have Farrell. I felt like no one really ever fucking heard from him this season. Just not too much going on. Good amount of ground balls, but not the greatest season out of him. But, you know, at five, not too bad either. You're not, you're not losing games, but you're not winning games either. At four, surprisingly, we have Jake Withers. Had a fucking good season. I, had, I did not think this... At all. Uh, but, yeah, he ended up going to the Water Dogs and having a really good fucking season, man. So, good for him, man. I got to tell you. Good for him. Like, It is nice to see another dude come out who no one, at least me, didn't think that was going to do. Uh, I, wasn't, I didn't think that he'd be top five, let alone uh, the fourth best in the league. And at three, this is just a completely different tier from here on out. Nardella. Um, bit of a down season, but when you're below these other two guys, you know, it's a good season. Uh, yeah, I mean, how are you going to come back off of a 72% season and then top it? You know, it's tough to do. It's, it's just not really feasible at some point. Uh, and then two, we got Trevor Baptiste. Uh, 
a definitely definitely a a bounce back from last season. Not the greatest season, and then season uh, one in the PLL. Yeah, he was the shit. So good for him, man. Uh, bouncing it back a little bit. And at number one, TD Erlin. Coming out of the college draft, uh, unfortunately getting hurt at the end of the season, which really stunk for the Redwoods. But they really needed somebody uh, after losing uh, Gorellian and then not really having another dude. They had like Perjunction or something. I don't know how to pronounce his name. Greg something. Greg P. And uh, he really wasn't it. So then they got uh, TD and TD went to Albany. I've seen him fucking torch the Stony Brook Seawolves in, uh, live and in person. So it was good to see him do that on my side this time. And uh, I really appreciated it. Um on to the top goaltenders. At eight, we have Con Cannon and Calaruso. So they more or less split this season. I don't know if it was from injury or just because Con Cannon wasn't doing well. But overall, you know, save percentage, amount of saves and goals against is not looking good. Burnlore at seven, which was very surprising to me. Uh, just didn't make a lot of saves this season. Just gave up a lot of goals. Uh, and to the point where they ended up starting, I forget his name, but the uh, backup goaltender. Uh, backup is a bit of a um, is a bit much to to give this guy because he actually is a very good goaltender in general. Uh, this is his first time being a quote unquote backup, but um, yeah, so just not a great season out of him, and he wasn't playing. I, he, I don't even think he was there um, last week. At six, we have Dylan Ward. A bit of an uptick with him, but still not like fantastic, but not bad. You know, they could definitely upgrade at at that position. The uh, the Water Dogs. And then John Galloway at five. Uh, they seem pretty good. I mean, he started off tough and then ended the season at a very good pace. And then um, that was a bit the middle of the middle to end of the season. I think the last game he struggled a little bit. But, you know, I would expect Galloway to be a little bit better next season as long as he continues on this trend. Four, we have Adam, Adam Gittleman again. You know, he just doesn't see a whole lot of shots for some weird reason. And they kept trying to use fucking Drew Adams, man. Like, just... I don't know. I can't. I can't get into it again. I don't like Drew Adams compared to Adam Gittleman. Um, you know, it is what it is. But Gittleman's my guy, and I wish they would just stick with him. At three with Nick Morocco, pretty much solely due to the fact that he just had a ton of fucking saves, a ton of shots against. Like he was there. His his save percentage was pretty decent too. But the amount of shots he saw was unreal. At two, we got Tim Troutner. Uh, Timmy had a good fucking season, but um. I mean, no, yeah, there's not more much much more to say than uh, he didn't see as many fucking shots as this guy and didn't have as many saves. Uh, although uh, Blaze at number one does struggle with the two point ball for some reason. So you know, a little scouting report on that. He gives up the most in the league. I don't know if it's because they just keep losing faceoffs or what it is. And now we're just gonna go with the top D men of 2021. At 15, we got Troy Ray. Did a good job at LSM for the chaos. Uh, I really liked watching him play. He's a good guy to watch. A uh, very athletic individual. And had a couple two-pointers towards the end. Mike McMahon on the Archers. Did a pretty decent job this season. Uh, I thought he was going to be a bit better fantasy-wise. But, you know, top 14, top 15, not too bad. Zach Goodrich as a short stick D. You know, it's nice to make this fucking list, man. You know, good for him. Um... Very nice to see. I'm um, always, you know, that's my favorite favorite position, short stick D. So glad to see that um, they're a relevant 
short stick D and that you actually have to pay pay attention to some of them. God, excuse me. Uh, Craig Chick had also had a good season at, at LSM for um, God for Atlas. Uh, him and Cade Van Rapport had fucking hell of a season. Uh, tons of tons of round balls for both of them. So good to see out of that. Jack Rowlett, uh, tons of turnover cost turnovers for him. He had a good season. Um, kind of expected that. Not the greatest on his team, in my opinion. Actually, wait. Oh yeah, because uh, Sir Dick was technically who I had at the best, but he got ran the fuck over the last game by Matt Rambo, man. So tough to see out of there. But overall, good season for the rookie. And then at nine we have Rex Road. Um, again, another fucking um, Atlas dude. Good season. We're really the first season I really heard of him. So good to see out of that. Out of that, uh, Eli Gobrech, Gobrech, however fuck you say his name. Uh, for the Archers, again, you know, dude who I didn't really know too all too much about, but ended up having a real great season. Garrett Eppel at 7. Uh, while he's a defensive fucking beast stat-wise, he's just not like that top 5 type of guy, but I do think that he's a top 5 talent-wise. 6, Graham Hasek, another fucking Archers dude. Uh, who would have thought? That, dude, that team is just like fantasy fucking heaven. But Graham Hasek with a fucking great season as well. Five, Cade Van Rapphorst. He's one of my favorite fucking defenders, man. Uh, just extremely athletic as well. Four, Jake Pulver. Um, new Cannons guy. So, fucking great season out of him as well. Uh, he's a dude to look out for in general. Three, Brody Merrill. Uh, the GOAT. Like, there's not much more to say there. Two, Joel White. Uh, congrats on your retirement. And then one, Liam Burns, man. Liam Burns had a hell of a season, man. Um, overall, just a ton of fucking cause turnovers, a ton, a ton of ground balls, just fantastic defensively. Um, yeah, just fantastic defensively, and that's about it, man. You know, that's the that's the fucking list. So, uh, thank you for everyone for who fucking listens to this shit. Um, recent shout out to uh, Jimmy D Guano for fucking putting this on his uh. Instagram story, I appreciate it if you're listening, man. Uh, it means a lot that you listen to this. I don't know why you listen to it, but uh, I really do appreciate it, man, because I, I like putting these out. Um, and then next season, I hope to have a guest, you know, week-to-week guest. Me and Chrissy Beats have been doing podcasts over in his place for some fantasy football stuff. I'm probably going to continue on this channel, but with uh, some album reviews, probably a weekly album review, probably every Sunday. And, uh, yeah, that's, that's about it, man. So, fucking everyone have a good week, man. Uh, whatever you're doing, you know, keep doing it. Keep grinding. Uh, make sure that you're doing well. Make sure your family does well. Make sure your loved ones are doing well. And uh, don't give a fuck what anyone's telling you. Do you and fucking love yourself.